0: Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. It's your boy, Mac, and I am exhausted. I'm not going to lie. Day before Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving Eve. Right, so holiday right around the corner. But with that being the case, there was Cleveland Cavaliers basketball on tonight—a matchup, any back-to-back, might I add, with the Miami Heat, who absolutely steamrolled Cleveland in a 129 to 96 blowout of a loss, where Cleveland—you could tell from the jump—the legs were just not there. These guys are tired, and that's not to say that is an excuse, right? Because. Technically, any game that you enter, you have a chance to win, no matter how exhausted you are. But, I mean, this kind of felt like a scheduled loss, right? Hot off the heels of the victory over the Philadelphia 76ers, and prior to that, a victory over the defending champion, Denver Nuggets. Um, this matchup against Miami on the second half of a back-to-back, where you still didn't have Donovan Mitchell, still didn't have Isaac Okorov, still no Ty Jerome. We did get Karis Levert back tonight, which was great. But uh, just kind of felt like a schedule loss. And you could tell that the energy just wasn't in this one from the jump. Um, the defense uh, out in the perimeter was lackadaisical, right? Some of the rebounding just did not seem like the Cavs had it initially. They allowed Miami to complete 57% of their three-point shots. They literally shot 20 of 35 from distance tonight. And Cleveland, you know, to, to just, just to give them a little bit of a compliment. They did shoot fairly well from range themselves tonight, 47% from distance, 14 to 30 overall on the night, but it just didn't quite seem to matter. on a In a game in which you allow Kyle Lowry, of all people, to knock down seven triples, you're probably not going to win. And that's not to shit on Kyle Lowry because, you know, I don't know if many people know this, But Lowry is actually experiencing one of his best seasons as a shooter. I believe that prior to tonight's game, he came in shooting 42.6% from distance. Um, Not a ton of volume for him, but he is completing shots with efficiency. The crazy Degans, though, dude's only averaging about seven points uh, per game this season. And so he went for 28 tonight, 9 of 15 from the field and 7 of 10 from distance. Just cannot have that and expect to win. It just is not going to happen. This isn't a night where they didn't have Bam out of bio, right? He was kind of a late scratch. And I kind of felt like not having him out there, this really felt like a winnable game, especially considering that you're getting Lavert back. That's one step in the right direction in regards to health, right? And we've seen this Cavaliers team function at a high level. Um, in these previous two victories, but it just wasn't to be tonight. A couple of takeaways, not many that were positive, but honestly, you know, if I'm being 100%, this just didn't feel like a game where there were many takeaways, period. Um, Guys were absolutely tired. I I guess one positive that I can point out tonight is Craig Porter Jr., you know, resident undrafted rookie who we've been gushing about these past couple of weeks. Um, Dude got his first start tonight. And I thought he performed quite well. Um, did kind of get off to a sluggish start. But in his 35 minutes tonight, which by far led all uh, you know, all starters and really all Cavaliers in general, he had 35 minutes tonight. In those 35 minutes, he contributed 16 points, dissed out five assists, and was 6-12 from the field. And perhaps the biggest takeaway is the fact that he actually knocked down his first two triples of the regular season. So that was definitely something that a lot of people, including myself, were really, really waiting to see. Like, when is the three ball going to start being attempted by Craig? Because you can clearly see. And even on his first make tonight, um, and they're they're giving him space, right? Uh, Kyle Lowry must have watched some of these uh, clips, some of these highlights for Craig. Or he may have studied a little bit of film because he's given him a ton of space, <laughs> Uh, they were they really just were not respecting his ability to knock on the three ball because frankly he hasn't shown that he can do that at the NBA level. However, he did do it tonight, two of five, which you know, um, you know, converts to forty percent on the ninth. and I couldn't be happier with the fact that he's actually starting to attempt that shot because I think, you know, everybody, myself included, we're all just sitting here wondering, waiting, hey why so much hesitancy to pull the trigger and even on that first way even on that first make you could clearly see that he did not want to shoot that ball but they gave him so much damn space that he kind of had to right uh, along with the shot clock kind of winding down but it was a nice development for a player who is who we really only see driving to the basket and taking the you know the mid-range pull up whenever it's afforded to him I do continue to be impressed overall with his general calmness and poise on the court. I think he still is, you know, wise beyond his years in regards to his play out on that court. Um, But Craig obviously wasn't, you know, the only guy out there that actually had a halfway decent performance. Evan Mobley, who who I believe got his seventh or eighth double-double of the season so far, you know, continues to – show improvement on that end of the floor, despite kind of looking sluggish out there. And Mobley, despite playing just 25 minutes tonight, he contributed that double-double of 13 points and 10 boards on a very efficient 5 of 7 from the field. Um, Honestly, you know... Again, there's just not a ton of takeaways from the team as a whole. There's kind of small things here that are that you can kind of glean from tonight's performance. Uh, M2K's Pichu asks not well says not much to overreact about. What do you think about CBJ tonight? Had a few bad turnovers, but shot pretty well. Yeah, I mean that's probably the best description on the night to be honest. Um, Craig, he wasn't perfect. This was his first start. Um, I think I think it was well-warranted, well-deserved, right? He, he has been performing very, very well and pr- been pretty consistent over these past couple of games. And the turnovers did kind of hurt tonight, which is, you know, he came in literally over his past three games, he was literally averaging 0.7 turnovers during that stretch. And tonight he turned the ball over four times. Some of that is due to increased... Uh, ball handling responsibilities, right? Earning that start. Um, And others were just kind of ill, just bad decisions, right? Which you expect from a rookie. As poised as he often looks, he's still going to make the occasional rookie mistake. It it will happen. Um, But again, he shot well from the field overall. He showcased his ability. He, He showed us that he can knock down the three ball. It is possible for him to do so. He's just not confident yet taking that shot with any sort of regularity, unless the defense absolutely gives it to him, which they did tonight. They must have read the scouting report on him. Um, Darius Garland, just 14 points tonight. I hope you guys did not take the over <laughs> on his points, because clearly he didn't hit it. Uh, 14 points, just three assists. He was 6 of 11 from the field, but he just – everybody out here seems sluggish, and you know justifiably so. Miami came in with a couple of days' rest while Cleveland is playing the second half of a back-to-back against two very tough opponents. Um, so just overall, not a ton here. Tune in sports says <clears throat> once I saw Damian Jones take that mid-range shot, I took the game off. I already had a headache. Yeah, that's that's probably not gonna make you feel better, man. Not gonna make you feel better at all. But again. As you also say down here, I'm not even mad. We still shorthanded, and this was a back-to-back after a tough game in Philly. On to the next game, and that's exactly where I'm at right now, right? To just not enough here to overreact to anything, right? It's not like the Cavs went out there and were just terrible. It's just the fact that you could clearly tell that these dudes were tired. And after a hard-fought victory against those 76ers, I'm not even mad, right? This this felt like a scheduled loss as they often say. This kind of felt like the Cavs entered this one with little chance of victory. Um this game overall takes Miami to 10 and 5 in the East and drops Cleveland to just a game over 500 at 8 and 7 and as we currently sit here You know, discuss this they're still seated eighth which it's too early in the season really to start factoring in these these types of conversations but it is worth noting um m2ksp2 says everyone looked absolutely exhausted moving slow as hell hard fought wins and just wasn't it tonight yeah the, the gas tank was empty man you could clearly see it from the jump just as my gas tank is empty i'm Dog tired, so this is probably not going to be a long pod. Um, that said, you know, we did get a couple of other things. We got more Sam Merrill minutes, right? Which was nice because I really have been wanting to see just how good of a shooter Sam could be at the NBA level, and he didn't disappoint. Um, he went three of six from the field tonight, including three of five from distance. That is basically what Sam Merrill's job is knock down the three point shot. That's why we brought him in last season. Um, I said this last pod prior to the acquisition of Max Struess. I really honestly felt like Sam had a real opportunity, a real chance on his hands to kind of uh, make his way into the back end of the rotation, not a starter, but, uh, but definitely a guy who could potentially warrant some minutes prior to the addition of Struess. But with Struess being so impactful, just so damn, Important to the spacing of this overall team. Sam is buried on that depth chart. So it was nice to see him get some run tonight. And really, the entire um everybody who was available tonight got some run. Even Isaiah Mobley, who we haven't seen much of, right? He even played nine minutes tonight because we got blew the fuck out. Um, we did get some Amani Bates minutes who really, you know, that's a guy who we all especially after the explosion of Craig Porter Jr. We have really wanted to see more and more of Imani Bates. Uh, The problem continues to be like as the team continues to get to full strength. And this will also be a conversation for Craig, right? As um, Donovan Mitchell and um, Isaac Okoro, who I think I read a report that they got assigned to the Cleveland charge. And as crazy as that sounds, Um, It's not it's not because they're being, you know, sent down or anything. I think it's strictly just for rehabbing and right. Uh, But that could be a false report. I don't know. Uh, That said, yes, Amani Bates, the questions that will continue to come is how much play time he'll actually get with the big league squad as these guys return to full strength. Because. Even in you know in this scenario in which we've missed so many of these guys, you know, Karis just came back tonight. Donovan's been out for a while. Um, you know, uh, Isaac he still is not in the rotation just yet. And then Ty Jerome is still just long gone right now. Um, and with all of those guys not present, I, I think it was only right to kind of give Amani a little bit of run. But as Things continue to proceed and progress in regards to health. Amani is probably going to be fighting an uphill battle too, and it's not just—it's not because he can't necessarily contribute right now. Because as a shooter, you can clearly see he has the ability to do that, as he's shown us in the past. Right? It's simply the fact that there's so many mouths to feed, and what he does well, we do have other players who do the exact same thing pretty well. Right. He's a shot creator, uh, creator at the end of the day, and we have a pretty good amount of those already on the roster. Um, Tune in Sports One says, "Can't blame Dean Wade this game." Uh, no, you absolutely can, and I think he's dealing with an ankle sprain, so he sat tonight. We did not have him available, which clearly showed, in my opinion, for all the shit that Dean has been given from fans. I don't, I just don't understand it, to be honest. I get, you know, the lack of shot making from him on very low attempts, mind you, like the guy is taken like three, maybe four shot attempts a game, all usually from, uh, the perimeter. Um, but despite not being able to do that and provide too much offense, he is providing a solid amount of rebounding and, um, a, a high level defense, right? So Dean's presence was definitely missed tonight, especially when you need, you know, a, a good amount of bodies out there when you're facing exhaustion like the Cavs were tonight. He was definitely missed, in my opinion. <laughs> uh They said he'd just be out there running cardio. I've seen that. Yeah, Um, I, I'm like, for me, for Dean Wade, it's a complicated love-hate kind of relationship, right? Because you know that he's capable of knocking down that three-point shot. But he's just not doing it, and he doesn't look confident when, when shooting the ball. And honestly, whenever he receives the ball out on the corner, Dean does not pull nearly as often as he should. He should just be letting it fly at this point. Um, you can't make shots if you're not willing to take them. And for him, I think that is always going to be kind of a sticking point, uh, at least in regards to the offense. On the defensive side, you definitely see his contributions, and they are felt. Uh <laughs> he kind of just be waiting for someone to miss a shot and pick it up and get rid of it. It does kind of seem like that. Um, there are often possessions in which he extends them but doesn't quite know what to do once he gets the ball back in his hands, right? If they kick it out to him on the perimeter, um, a lot of times he'll just dish it back out. Uh, you can't have that necessarily all the time, but his contributions are definitely still valid on this team, still pretty important. But again, that was another guy that was missed in addition to Donovan and Isaac and Ty. I mentioned earlier that we got Karis Lavert back into the lineup. That was nice. I'm very – I don't know about you guys, but I, I remain curious to see what this dynamic will look like with Craig Porter Jr. and Lavert off the bench. Um, that, to me, I'm really curious to see – who is going to be the initiator of the offense, right? And it's not like it's not possible because we've seen Darius Garland and Craig Porter Jr. already playing very well up each other despite probably needing – both of them needing to have the ball in their hands to be most effective. So it can be done, and we know that Karis LeVert can play make. So if they elect um to, to have Karis – as the initiator of the offense to orchestrate out there and they're having Craig in more of an off ball role off the bench. um, I I really would be curious to see what that looks like because we still haven't seen Craig play a, a a big role when he's off ball, right? He, we know that he's perfectly capable of cutting. He's always moving out there. Um, He's a guy who has a high basketball IQ, so he can see plays developing before most do. Um, especially being a point guard as he is, but we haven't seen him take a ton of shots from three point distance, which is kind of key when you're talking about playing off ball as a guard. Um, if they decide to kind of flip flop on that and have Karras play an off ball role, which we know that he can do that. He's capable. He can knock down that three ball. He can slash, he can cut. Um, he, he is a terrific connective tissue kind of piece when you're talking about making that extra pass, and we know how good he is at making that dump off type of pass to the bigs down low. But as a off ball option, I believe that that would probably be the best route to go, in my opinion. Have Karras play his more natural role at uh, small forward, or you know, perhaps even shooting guard, and have uh, Craig Porter Jr. kind of facilitating and running the offense off that as as the. True backup point guard because I think Moving forward whether or not They convert Craig Porter Jr.'s contract Right now which they probably Won't you know I know we're all hoping That they would but I guess it does make sense To kind of let his NBA eligibility kind of Run down to its uh, You know to the end because Two ways are entitled to 50 plus Games well 50 games at the NBA level Um, so it Does make some sense to just kind of let that play out just to see if the stretch that he has had, uh, you know, is legit. And that's not to say I don't believe that because you guys know I, I truly believe that he is a backup point guard. He is the backup point guard of the future. So they're probably going to, um, to to wait to hit that limit or at least closer to it before they give him a standard contract. And from a management standpoint, that makes the most sense. Um, You know us as fans you know we could give a fuck Uh, sign the kid right away right make sure he's on this roster and that he's a everyday rotation player for this team even when healthy but from a management standpoint from a contractual standpoint it makes sense to kind of carry this thing out and make sure that it's just not a flash in the pan or mirage or something like that especially as you guys have as you have guys coming back to full strength so there is. Uh, There is some level of decision making that they're going to have to kind of uh, process uh, through some of these things in in regards to the decision in regards to him. So I I remain upbeat about his chances to be converted, but I'm not expecting it anytime soon. Um, Beyond that, some of these other pieces tonight, uh, you know, Max Struess. 25 minutes tonight, and in those 25 minutes, he just gave us six points, and on two of six from the field, including two of four from three-point distance. Continues to provide spacing, but he clearly, just like everybody else, he just didn't have it. The the legs were tired, honestly. You know, the only player who reached 30 or more minutes tonight was Craig Porter Jr. Everybody else, every other starter, played 27 or less. If that tells you anything. Uh, Well, that honestly probably is the most telling stat of all, just because you can clearly see this game was over pretty much midway through the third quarter. It was done. And then they just threw in the reserves, right? Uh, Merrill, you know, he played uh, a high dosage of minutes. Amani got 16 out there. Tristan Thompson, 13. Damian Jones, who we really haven't seen and uh, or heard from in ages, Uh, he got 12 minutes tonight himself. And then last but certainly not least, uh Isaiah Mobley was uh you know out on the court. And that's just another guy who's continuously been playing very well in the G-, G League, but hasn't been able to carve out a role at the NBA level just yet. We hope so. We hope that he can eventually be a back end part of that rotation, but um time will tell, right? Looking ahead, Cleveland will take on the Los Angeles Lakers on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. So that's another big-time matchup (laughs) to look forward to against the LeBron James-led Lakers, right? And we know it's always something to look forward to when you're playing the King uh, and Anthony Davis and company. Uh, And honestly, I've been very, very surprised with the play of Cam Reddish for them lately. Uh, so there's, I'm definitely going to have my eyes glued to the TV whenever they play the Lakers on Saturday. But I'm glad, man. I'm glad that they have this break. They got tomorrow. They got Friday. So they basically got three days, uh, you know, to to get right. So the rest is definitely going to help. <laughs> uh, M2K as Pichu says Damian Jones is not that guy. Um, you know, when they acquired Damian, I was kind of feeling like. Hey, there's some intriguing things here. I know that he had shot the three ball with not a ton of volume, but the percentage was super high from distance. I was genuinely curious to see whether or not that could carry over to Cleveland, but we just, you know, as soon as he came in and, and got a decent amount of minutes, I just wasn't impressed with what he was bringing to the table. I just feel like the rebounding was lacking. Uh, the rim deterrence just wasn't at quite the level that I would have expected. And then as soon to make matters worse, as soon as JB decided to kind of flip the script and change things up by grit, by giving Tristan Thompson a little bit of run, Tristan just kind of took the backup five position and, and ran with it. Right. Because he's usually instant impact as soon as he comes in, whether that be in regards to um, his ability to switch to a pretty decent level still, despite his age and his ability to rebound, especially on the offensive side. We've seen already a few different putbacks from him that are very reminiscent of his early days in Cleveland. And so he kind of took that backup five position and has run with it. And as we know, especially in today's pace and space era, um, the traditional five and Tristan Thompson definitely still counts as such. Uh, is not sexy right now, and it's probably never going to be again. And so Tristan is not an everyday player. But when they want to go with a more traditional look or if they need a bigger body out there or if really they're just concerned with offensive rebounding, they'll throw Tristan out there. And we saw them do that against Philadelphia, who obviously having Joel Embiid, one of the biggest players in the NBA, one of the beefier guys out there at that position, Um, We saw what having a guy out there like Tristan Thompson can do, especially on the defensive end. Hell, he ended regulation in that game with a defensive possession uh, matched up with Embiid, and he managed to stop him from winning the game on us. So that's definitely he's an important piece. Um, And tonight I know it kind of just feels like I'm all over the place. But that's really what it's about tonight. It's just small, small takeaways. There's just not really anything that I can really look to in this game and point to as, hey, this was really good or, hey, this was really bad. My biggest takeaway of the night really is just Craig Porter Jr. Um, Continue to show why he is an NBA caliber player. Honestly, if he continues to get a solid level of run, I believe that Craig will be a first-team all-rookie kind of guy. Um, if you guys didn't already check the most recent NBA uh well, NBA rookie ladder had Craig up at 10th when he was previously unranked, right? Especially considering that basically nobody knew who he was outside of Cleveland in Wichita state. Um, so these three last performances or really four, including tonight from him have been huge in regards to recognition. People are starting to pay attention to him. And I think even opponents, defenders, Uh, You know, once he gets out on the floor, they're going to start paying him a little bit more respect as well. I do um, have to say that I I do remain a little bit worried that once these guys get back to full strength that Craig might kind of be buried here. I hope that's not the case, but uh, it, it remains to be seen. I feel like he's proven enough to warrant a look as an everyday player, but who knows? Uh, Dominic Verdell says, would the Cavs elevate CBJ from his two-way deal? Would that give a two-way spot for Sharif Cooper? Um, yeah, I think they're going to eventually convert his deal. Uh, but as I said earlier, I think that what they'll probably elect to do is wait till his eligibility is about to run out because M- uh, NBA two-way contracts allow players to play at the NBA level in 50 games before the team has to make a decision on whether or not they're going to send them down to the G League affiliate, or they're going to convert them. Um, so I think that they will, especially considering what they've seen so far. But again, from a manage- management standpoint, it makes the most sense probably to go ahead and just let this play out, right? Make sure it's not just a mirage. Make sure it's just not a crazy stretch in which an undrafted player because uh, is playing well because there's not enough film on him, You know, something like that. Um, and as the scouting report continues to fill up in regards to how to best play against him and how to defend him and what his tendencies are, um, I think the Cavaliers are probably going to elect to kind of wait this thing out. And there's, again, a, there that there is definitely a good thought behind that process, and I understand it. There's also a solid reasoning on why you should convert him right now because it does give you the the the, the free two way contract to give one of these other guys that are with the charge right now, like a Pete Nance or Sharif, uh, you know Zaire William, Jair Smith or Williams. I forget which Zaire which Zaire we have sometimes, honestly. But I'm I'm kind of tired, so my brain's all over the place. Um, yeah. So it does warrant consideration, both decisions, but time will tell. I don't think you can really play, thank you, yeah, Zyre Smith. I knew I had that right. Um, there are some pieces down there that you could potentially give that 2A to, A2, but as of right now, I just think that's probably smart decision-making, especially when you still have a lot of evaluation to do. And And think about it this way, too. Once these guys do return to full strength, if you're – You're at a crossroads with him and you're feeling like, hey, we want you to be out there. We want you to get as many minutes as you can, but there's just not enough space for you in the rotation. Uh, We're going to send you down to the charge so that you can play 30 plus minutes per game and work on your game there, especially that three point shot. Um, So there's merit to both ideas. Um, Don't want to harp on that too long just because I feel like uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse. But that's really it tonight, man. There's there just wasn't a lot to take away from this one. It's been nice to see uh, I guess one last thing that I'll say is it's been nice to see George Neang actually start to string together multiple performances in which he's shot the three point uh the three ball pretty well. Tonight he gave the Cavs 11 points, 4 nine from the field and 3 of 5 from distance. So it's really been nice to see him have an uptick in his production from an offensive standpoint because the start to the season for him, especially for a shooting from a shooting sp- uh, perspective hasn't been great but over the guy's last uh, four games he's averaging eleven points five rebounds and he's shooting 667 percent uh, from three point distance that's is exactly why we brought him in. To space the floor, to give us good minutes at that backup four spot, and he's doing that as of late. Man, once we get Donovan back, once we get Isaac back, I think that's only going to look better. He's cut down some of the, uh, some of the bad shots. <laughs> uh, tune in says, congrats on the new edition and happy holidays, Mac. Stay safe. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. I'm pretty damn tired. I do appreciate you guys for jumping on and talking with me on a, uh, you know, on Thanksgiving Eve. That said, as I always, tell you guys, if you like to reach out to me, you know how it's cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you like to be added to the It's Cavalier Discord chat, leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot a set of said review to it's cavalier53 at gmail.com, and I will send you an invite. Have a happy Thanksgiving, guys, and go Cavs.